Hello, I'm Laura Lotus, and I'm coming back to you with part two of Hummingbird Star's book, The Astrology of COVID-19. You can get this book for free. It's an ebook um, by emailing her, well, by getting on her website, hummingbirdstar.com, putting in your email, and then you'll get it as an email. <laughs> okay, part two, the bigger picture. If it feels good, I invite you to visualize for a moment. Picture wherever you are on the planet and then zoom out. You may be able to see not only space but time. And maybe you can visualize a window of 10 or 20 years with your 2020 self in the middle. Astrology teaches us that everything happens in, a, in cycles. Something we live through thousands of times. While others we experience barely a fraction a fraction of around you all of the planets are moving at different paces and touching different areas of your life when you read a horoscope even if it's a pretty woke one <laughs> what you're getting is a bite-sized dose of information on a very complex subject i'm not hating on horoscopes when they're well done they can be magic but especially when it comes to outer planet transits if you want to really engage the energies there's a certain depth of understanding that's necessary each of the transits and archetypes i'll discuss here could have been its own book i just hope to introduce you to them and invite you to begin cultivating a relationship with each one of them they've all got something important to offer and they're all going to make themselves known more concretely in the years to come. From the zoomed out perspective, we can also locate ourselves more accurately on our own cosmic map and take stock of the multiple energies that are influencing us. Outer planet transits are typically things that happen, quote, in the background. They describe collective shifts and movements and the longer term lessons the universe is asking us to learn. At the moment, Chiron and Aries is calling us to attention around our sense of identity. Uranus and Taurus is ushering in technological revolution and asking us to double-check our values. And Neptune in Pisces is speaking to rampant and misinformation circulation and our collective delusion around our rising seas. And as we know, Pluto is in Capricorn, tearing shit down. Within all of these transits, of course, is the potential for positive, empowering shifts. And it's up to us to learn about the energies and to start to channel them. Pluto, Capricorn, and the USA. In the next clip. Pluto, Capricorn, and the USA. Since the cosmos is always in flux, there are a lot of aspects in astrology that can technically be called rare. Pop astrology has basically desensitized us to the word, finding a way to make every full moon the most special one yet. But when you study a little, you start to realize that even if an alignment is mathematically unusual, its overall energy is probably not the, that unique. However, the astrology the astrology we're moving through right now is genuinely rare. It is revolutionary, yes, and it's challenging AF. 
Oh gosh. Uh oh. What happened? Why does it keep scrolling? Okay. That's the end of that section. The interaction between Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto in 2020 is called a stellium, which occurs when three or more planets are hanging out in the same sign, same spot on the zodiac, simultaneously. <laughs> the last time these three planets were anywhere close to a stellium was in the 1500s, and the last time they all met each other over the course of less than a year was in 1294 BCE when Babylon was established. So, yep, we're talking about a massive cosmic cycle that is ending and beginning as we speak. Wow, that's exciting. Even more astonishing is the fact that the Pluto return of the USA doubly coincides with the stellium. They happen within two years of each other, and they are extremely close zodiacal neighbors in late Capricorn. What this means in terms of humanity's spiritual journey... I do not presume to know. Actually, I'll take some guesses in part three. <laughs> but <clears throat> I can say this. The pressure is on, especially here on Turtle Island. In my writing, I make a point to distinguish between Turtle Island, an indigenous term. Oh, that's so sweet. So I live on Turtle Island too. This whole time I'm like, I guess Turtle Island is off of Virginia. That's hilarious. Shows how much I know. Okay, in my writing, I make a point to distinguish between Turtle Island and in, uh, an indigenous term for the North American continent and the USA, the entity that birthed itself here on July 4th, 1776. Just as we use the time, date, and location of a person's birth to cast their astrological chart, we can use the same information about a country, or basically anything, to get an astrological read on its qualities its elemental balance, and the timeline of its evolution. I won't cover the natal chart of the USA here, and if you do some research, you'll see there are some legitimate debates over the timing of the chart, <laughs> on whether July 4th is even the most accurate date to use, but one fact doesn't change no matter what chart you read. The planet Pluto is now returning to the same place on the in the zodiac, it was occupying in 1776, completing its cycle for the first time since the U.S. was born. This is huge. You may have never heard of the Saturn return. Oh, you may have heard of the Saturn return, which takes place around 29, when Saturn completes its first cycle around the sun since an individual's chart, birth. Excuse me. It's known as a tough time. When we get lessons around mortality, maturity, self-discipline, all Saturn themes. But no human ever experiences a Pluto return. They happen only to the nations, states, organizations, and movements that outlive us. And Laura Lotus says that's because it takes like 70-something. It must be even more than that. It must be like 100-something for it to transit. And they bring with them... A reckoning around death, a meeting with the Lord of the Underworld. Related also to evolution, Pluto is the call to let die whatever is not life-affirming, to surrender to the apoptosis, I don't know how to say that word, apoptosis, so something that apoptosis, apoptosis, A-P-O-P-T, 
T-O-S-I-S, that is a part of being alive. As we discussed in part one, Jupiter and Saturn are accentuating the work Pluto's been doing in Capricorn since 2008. My analysis focuses mainly on the U.S., but the manifestations have been worldwide, from the Arab Spring to far-right takeovers in Latin America to attempts to nuclear armament in North Korea and Iran. As all these planets come together, the pandemic is bringing Pluto's essence fully into view. Pluto won't leave Capricorn until 2024, but globally, as Saturn and Jupiter move into Aquarius at the end of 2020, the intensity will lighten. However, on Turtle Island, we, we're we just beginning a process that will no doubt leave our country transformed. Into what? That part is still our choice. The Pluto return of the USA is a delicate psychological is delicate psychological territory. It will ultimately call us to face the shadow of this country, the slavery and the genocide upon which the U.S. was built. And the fact that despite what comfortably privileged folks, even very spiritual ones, would like to believe, that karmic debt has not been, has not been paid back. The systems and structures of Capricorn, which together comprise a sort of energetic infrastructure are inherently unstable they're that way most places in parentheses she says colonization has touched almost everywhere but no other country has developed the way the u.s has since 1776 no other country has become a global hegemon hegemon to the same extent i don't know what a hegemon is h-e-g-e-m-o-n see that's because this girl has a degree in is it economics or something like that. All right. The same systems that bring heat to our houses, iPhones to our pockets, and the facade of democracy to our whitewashed eyes exploit and to our whitewashed eyes exploit and make miserable the lives of millions, maybe billions of others. Not only that, these systems acquired their worldwide might by literally stealing the land, labor, and lives of millions, millions more humans over the past 400 plus years. They are destructive, imbalanced, and spiritually unsustainable. And Pluto, although it often brings death, ultimately doesn't stand for anything that is not life-affirming. Over the next five years, we are, we are pulled through a transformative threshold we have an incredible opportunity to start fresh, yet we've only, we'll only create something different if we're willing to face our shadow. One thing I can guarantee is that the U.S. shadow, the grief, the rage, the injustice, the manipulation, the shame, the violence, the trauma will be on full display as Pluto returns. Our current experience with COVID-19 is just the beginning of the greater work. The virus will likely be one of the many factors that contribute to the steady decomposition of America's energetic infrastructure. The invitation in part one will come again, asking us to go a level deeper. Can we truly let go of any, everything? Can we surrender to the inner deaths that are necessary to initiate collective rebirth? Wow. I'm going to let that integrate. And um, yeah. 
some somebody email me or message me on Instagram if you are liking this and it's resonating with you and you want me to keep reading her book. So, like I said, it's available for free. Um, and she does ask for tips as an energetic exchange. There's a button on there. And I just think she's great. And I, I love what she's inspiring us all. And yeah, I feel like I would need to read this so many times um, again to kind of process and integrate like she calls it. All right. Bye.